Welcome to the Loving Lake Geneva podcast. I'm your host, Karen Stray Rappaport from Melgus Real Estate. Each episode, I take an outside-the-wake look at the area's most interesting people, places, and happenings. The sun is shining, the lake looks stunning, so let's jump right in. Today, we have with us Diana Coleman, who has been all over the news here recently due to a very big and significant announcement. She has been called the best fundraiser for nonprofits on the lake, a master of planning, and an excellent negotiator. And with all that she has going on, I'm incredibly honored and grateful that she took the time to be on the Loving Lake Geneva podcast. Welcome, Diana. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here. Well, let's get right into this big announcement that just came out that caused everyone in the area and beyond to give a collective cheer and breathe a sigh of relief. Can you share with us this great news? The news basically is that the University of Chicago and the Yerkes Future Foundation Committee reached an agreement in principle for the transfer of ownership of Yerkes Observatory and related property. It took a very long time to get to that point. It's not finished yet because we have quite a bit of work to do. And everyone I've spoken with has been very supportive, very enthusiastic, and very understanding that it did take a lot longer than what they had anticipated. I explained it to someone in terms of buying a house. If you were going to buy a house, you would have a building inspection, you would have an appraisal, you would have different people walk through it. And most houses are reasonably sized, but Yerkes Observatory is over 65,000 square feet. So our due diligence period and all of the work that we have to do to take a look at it involves many different people coming in to make sure that when we do reopen, that we're ready and that we can move through it gently, both in terms of a soft opening and then fully open to the public scientists, educators, astronomers, astrophysicists, and just people who want to see how magical it was and how magical it can be again. Can you, for people who aren't familiar with your gaze and haven't mm-hmm. been here, I mean, you can see it from uh, almost anywhere in Lake Geneva. True. It's just a beautiful landmark and the, the programs that have gone on there are just, you know, cutting edge and spectacular. Um, can you talk about what was happening? I mean, Yerkes has been there since 1897 1897. and Mm -hmm. started out as home for their Department of Astronomy and Astrophysics. Mm -hmm. And I know that's changed a little over the years, but right before it closed, what was it functioning as? What was going on at Yerkes? Primarily, it was open for tours and it was also open for educational programming, outreach programming, star parties on the South Lawn. Um, There was some research being done at that point in time, and the research has continued even while it's been closed because the telescopes need to be exercised. They need to move around a bit so they don't seize up, and that's been an ongoing responsibility of the University of Chicago. But up until probably 1960s, 1970s, there was a fair amount of research being done there, um, if you go way back, it was the birthplace of modern astrophysics in the United States. So this structure has been home to Nobel Prize winners, scientists, 
um, the discoverer of black holes and the exploration theorists, um, Albert Einstein, who came there in 1921. So we're hoping that in 2021, we can have a bit of a mini celebration of the 100th anniversary of his visit. But so many people have gone through just to experience some of the tours and educational programming. What has what did happen after the university slowly changed their focus was some of the development of products like um, infrared uh, research, where they took a, a unit called SOFIA, S-O-F-I-A, and they put it up in a giant airplane, and it opened so that it could actually do research up in the sky. It's, there are amazing things that have happened there. So now it's our responsibility, or will be our responsibility, to bring that magic back. I, incredible history. And I remember when it closed, I think everybody was just shocked. And crying. It, right. Crying, shocked, terrified at what was going to happen to mm-hmm. the property. You know, everybody pictured it being torn down and a subdivision going up or, you know, nobody mm-hmm. knew. And so since it's been closed, and I believe that was, was that March 2018? Um, March was when they announced it. October okay. 1st of 2018 was when they closed it. That's when they put the gate up mm-hmm. and nobody could get through. And so since it's been closed, has anything been happening there? Or has it just been a vacant building? No, no. Um, it there has been ongoing research by the University of Chicago, astronomical observations. And upon signing the term sheet with the university, we have had some access to the building itself to go through, take a look at all of the various rooms, the situations, examine different parts of it. So I've been over there several times since. Um, there's been a very wonderful man who has been their maintenance person on site the entire time, and he's made sure that everything functions and works well. And your involvement then as far as, I mean, because there, when it closed, there were no plans, right? I mean, there was nothing. Oh, she's smiling. So there were plans. <laughs> nobody knew about them. Um, but when did your involvement start and, and when did the Yerkes Future Foundation um, began. It began in late April of 2018. Um, Chuck Ebling, who is on our committee, got together about 45 people um, down at the Geneva Museum to talk about how, as a community, and when I say community, I mean the entire Lake Area community, how as a community we could move forward to try and, at that point, rescue the observatory. So we started by gathering a core group of concerned individuals, and it had eight people on it, and that became the Yerkes Future Foundation Committee. We went through some processes to file for our 501c3 and all of that, but at the same time, what we were doing was opening a line of communication with the University of Chicago to see if we could understand what their objectives were and based on what we thought could happen, move the entire process forward. And that's indeed what we did. 
Because I, I feel like when this announcement came out, there were a lot of people that were just completely shocked in a yes. good way, mm-hmm. but they didn't know about this foundation or what you all were doing. Not that you were keeping it a secret intentionally, but it just seems like, it, you know, all of a sudden this came out of nowhere where you know better. You've been working at this for over a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, is right now, what can people do to help you? Well, stay involved, uh, stay alert for any messages, information. If they want uh, to contact us the best way right now until we have our website up and fully running is to mail a question to our P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 346 in Williams Bay, Wisconsin. Um, But Otherwise, it's just if you see one of the community members or if you want any information, you can contact us by going to the Yerkes Future Foundation and just watch. We're going to have the website up and running shortly. Um, But as you know, we want to make sure we do it correctly as opposed to just something that doesn't work well for us in the long term. Are there social media pages, too, that people can follow what you're doing? There's there's a lot on Facebook mm-hmm. right now. Um, we posted the information on um, to several individuals who have been really wonderful across the United States, astrophysicists and scientists from the University of Virginia to California, Texas, up to Canada, all over, Cincinnati, Detroit. And they started sharing the press release. And right now it's over 2,000 shares with all of them now spidering out to a lot of different people. It's been really heartwarming to see that happen. And not just locally either. I mean, in Chicago, you know, this affects a lot of people. It does. uh, Way beyond Lake Geneva. It does. We heard from people from Seattle, Washington, and as I said, Virginia, who really, they actually came out to visit and to talk with us about what could happen at the observatory. And they've stayed in constant touch with us to make sure that if we had any questions, we had a resource. They've been wonderful. That's great. And now Yerkes is named after Charles T. Yerkes. Charles T. Yerkes. Mm -hmm. And what is the role of the family, the Yerkes family? What has it been? What is it now? Um, The Yerkes family uh, came to visit during the time that the observatory was still open. I've had long conversations with Susan Yerkes, who is just a lovely lady from Texas, one of the direct heirs. And she helped to coordinate a meeting with many members of the Yerkes family in late June of this year. So one of the other committee members, Frank Bonifacic and I flew to New Orleans and we spent four and a half hours with them They're charming, they're supportive, they're wonderful, they're kind. If they lived in Williams Bay or any of the Lake Geneva areas, Fontana, you would like to have them as your neighbor. They are just wonderful. They're very interested in maintaining the history and the legacy of the observatory. Um, I text regularly with one of them who is just a delightful woman, and I can't say enough good about them. They're just wonderful people. So what will we hear from, when will we hear from you next? You know, what's going to be the next kind of milestone? milestone, Mm -hmm. And when do you think things will be finalized? I would love to know, truthfully. Um, I think the next milestones 
will come probably in early spring after our due diligence is finished. It will come in the form of yet another press release from the university and Yerkes Future Foundation because we do them jointly. Any information about our future plans will start to slowly come out at that time. But in terms of final closing, we have to rely on our lawyers who are wonderful and their lawyers to come to the final documentation on everything because that's part of the process. As I'm going back to the house analogy again, if you're buying a house, you can only go so far yourself and then you have to get the experts involved in making sure that all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. So that's basically where we're at. Gotcha. Well, um, I'm sure I speak for thousands of people when I say thank you. <laughs> it's hardly enough um, to show the appreciation for what you and, and the group is doing. The group is wonderful. And really, it just a significant, significant announcement that was. And, and we are all behind you. And I know people want to help however they can. So. They're, they're very sweet. And I love being in the grocery store and having someone come up and throw their arms around me. It's very cute. I love that. But it's it's also very uh, dear to my heart. I love being over there. Uh, Jim G., who is a personal friend, was the last manager over at the observatory. And he and I um, were very sad together, but now we're very happy together. So it's, it's watching the entire process unfold that has been so gratifying. People can't believe it. I mean, on social media, I'm reading the comments and they're saying, is this real? You know, they really can't believe that this is happening. So um, much, much appreciation. Thank you. And gratitude. So this isn't the only thing that you do. No, no, it's not. (laughs) You would think it would be a uh, full-time endeavor, but you are involved in some other things. But before we get to that, can I just ask you, you know, a little bit about your background? Where were you born and raised? And how did you get from there to To here? here? (laughs) I was born in Danbury, Connecticut. And many years ago, I was born in Danbury, Connecticut. I went through most of my schooling there. I ended up getting my degree in history from a small school called Albertus Magnus College in New Haven, Connecticut, and spent some time working in Connecticut but eventually ended up working at Dartmouth College for the dean of the business school there. And in the course of a three-year period, he convinced me and several others there convinced me that I needed to get my master's in business. I thought they were a little crazy at the time, but I said, okay, I would give it a go. So the dean of the business school at Dartmouth wrote my recommendation to Harvard, and I ended up getting my master's in business from Harvard Business School in 1978. I got recruited by um, Johnson Wax, S.C. Johnson and Sons in Racine, and I had made up my mind I was going to be a career woman, I was going to do amazing corporate things, and one week after I started there, walked into a luncheon and met my now husband of 39 years. So things have an interesting way of working themselves out. He was in Johnson, he was at Johnson Wax in marketing. I was in finance. Um, we had one baby girl, a beautiful girl named Susan. And about 
four or five years into it, no, six years into it, they asked me to become the business manager at the private school in Racine, the Prairie School. I did that for several years, and then we moved to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, with the company. And, and I heard we, you speak Portuguese. I you learned to I, speak I learned Portuguese, to speak Portuguese um, which was not as bad as it sounds because I spoke Italian when I was growing up. So um, we were there for three years. I came back, went back to work at the Prairie School as the director of admissions and stayed there until our daughter's senior year in high school. We thought she needed a year by herself without her mom being in the same building. Um, so when she graduated from high school, I'm retired. I moved out here with my husband full time and our dogs. Dogs are very important. I totally agree. Totally agree. And my dog is at home right now going, where are you? My but dog is at home. Well, one of them's sleeping and the other one's destroying something. Destroying so something, I'll figure yeah. it out when I get home. So um, once we were out here, I knew that I needed to be busy because otherwise I would drive everyone crazy. So I started volunteering and um, volunteered as the picture lady at Central Denison. Loved it. Do they still have that? I don't know. But I loved the picture. I loved it. As a teacher and as a student. Well, I loved it because it allowed me to research something that I, I enjoyed. And uh, Barb Dynan, who was the teacher that I was working with primarily, um, was just a godsend. She was so enthusiastic about the program and so kind to allow me to come in. And then um, I fell in love with a place called Holiday Home Camp. It's the Lake Geneva Fresh Air Association. And I was on their board as, as chairman uh, for five, five and a half years, something like that. I did a lot of work to do a little rehabilitation at the camp. Um, we replaced the cabins. We built a health center. Can you just explain what that camp is Oh, for? sure. Yeah. Um, Holiday Home Camp actually predates Yerkes Observatory. It's the oldest camp in existence in the United States in its original location. It was built in 1887. And if you go back in history, it was after the Chicago fire where so many of the Chicago families came to Lake Geneva during that time frame. And the ladies really wanted to do something, not only to help the local children, but also to help the children who were in Chicago, many of whom were working in their husband's factories, to come up and have some time in the fresh air. So it became part of the um, Fresh Air Association movement. And it was built in 1887. The original building is still on the property. It's been tenderly cared for over the years. But um, now with great board, great director, they have almost 700 kids a summer who come there. And they come back year after year. So many of them have been back for many years, and then they develop into a teen program. And, and this is all paid for, so it's... It, they, it's all donations, donations. primarily mm-hmm. donations. Um, the Lake Geneva area has been exceptionally generous to the camp over the years. A lot of people volunteer to give the kids boat rides, to teach them how to cook, all sorts of things. It's, it's really an amazing place. I've been to weddings of the counselors. I've been to, <laughs> you know, we go to baby showers of counselors who've gotten married and are now starting their own families. So 
it's it's been a long-term relationship it's lovely wonderful those kids are so happy to be there they're thrilled you can hear them from across the lake yes they sing <laughs> they, they sing they cheer they're just so happy to be mm-hmm. there what a great organization so go on um what else after holiday home well, let's just talk so how many years have you been in lake geneva um full-time since 2001 Okay. And I, I know you've been involved in endless organizations over the years. Right now, what are some other that are near and dear to your heart? I know you're you, going to laugh. Okay. Um, but it would be Rock Central, which is a not for profit music school. It originally came out of the School of Rock franchise, but we bought out that franchise from the owner and turned it into a not for profit. And the concept is to provide music education, rock music education, to kids who want to learn how to play guitar, keyboard, bass, uh, vocals, drums, lots of drums. And we raise money to support children who cannot afford music lessons or who can only pay for part of it. But the kids play a set for two or three months. They have rehearsals and whatever. And then they go out and play in public. And when they first start, they're terribly shy. They don't move very much on stage. They stay sort of hidden. Quite often we've had to turn them around so they actually face the audience. And then as they develop, our primary job is to supply Kleenex to the parents because they're so cute and the parents are crying, the kids are having a blast. And we've watched many of them go off to play in colleges and uh, just play locally. They're doing a great job. We've had wonderful success with it. We've got a group of teachers that are incredible. They're kind. They're sweet. They love working with the children. And there's a selfish part of me because I always sang growing up in school and college So we decided about seven years ago to form an adult group. And it varies between 10 and 14 people in the group. It's big. But we play various shows and all of the the adults have to pay their own way. But we play shows and the money we, we make with the shows, we support children. But my husband plays the guitar and mandolin. We've got former police officers who play drums. We have all sorts of guitarists and bassists. Um, the gentleman that owns the House of Harley comes down from Milwaukee and he plays bass. So it's it's a very mixed group of people. They're wonderful. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It really and truly is a lot of fun. Well, and, you know, knowing everything you're involved in and um, I, then I just happen to be scrolling through Instagram and a video comes on and I said, is that Diana singing what I like about you? It was. And <laughs> so I had to email her. Did I just see you singing what I like about you? And she's very good. And um, just who knew that you had this other talent? I mean, is there anything you can't do? Oh, there's plenty <laughs> I can't do. And my husband will tell you, I am not a conceptual person. I am a detail person. My husband is highly conceptual. And so I think that's why we've been married for 39 years, because he looks at the big picture and then I look at the details to support it. Um, he's a wonderful ally, great friend. I adore him. Um, 
That's yeah. so beautiful and so rare to hear somebody say that about their spouse he's after a, that many very, years. <laughs> he's, he's a very good man. He really oh, is. That's great. The other thing I do, obviously, is uh, the Lake Geneva Garden Club. Great organization. Incredible group of, of women right now. Uh, they give back very generously of their own time and talents and financial support for a lot of the agencies around here. They're good friends. Um, I love going out with them, talking through ideas. They're amazing. It's, and I think that they're, they're very representative of why we enjoy being in this area. Everyone around here is just very supportive, very relaxed. It doesn't matter whether you're out pulling weeds or you're leading a fundraising campaign. They all just want to be friendly and supportive. It's really lovely. And you are involved in the Melgus Row oh, fundraising. Gosh, yes. yes, I interviewed them. And that was, I mean, it really is incredible to think that these young men, you know, what their daily life is like. <laughs> well, it's interesting to us for a different reason. We've known these boys since they were toddlers. And to watch them grow up to be fine young men, working hard for a goal, trying to look at how to better themselves. And when my husband and I first sat down with them and their dads, and this is, by the way, Harry Melgus and, and Finn, Rowe, Finn Rowe, who are a sailing team. Correct. Hopefully we'll be in the Olympics. Yeah, cross uh, your fingers. Right. They're working hard. Right now they're down in New Zealand. But when we first sat down with them and they had this idea, I went to the details and I said, how is your school work? What are you going to do? How are you going to finish high school? How are you going to accomplish learning at the same time as really practicing and moving forward. And I actually had them write up a plan. Each one of them did. And they sent it to me and I still have it. And they really thought through everything they were doing. Uh, their families are incredibly supportive. And they graduated early. They graduated early. They did indeed. And now they are going worldwide to work on this craft of sailing, but they're also in the summer, they were over at the Lake Geneva Yacht Club teaching the younger kids how to do what they do. And to extend that knowledge is such a critically important thing for our young people to do. It really is. So I'm, I couldn't be prouder of them if they were on my own and their families are just wonderful. Um, we've had a couple of events We've sponsored a couple of events for them. And now it's just a matter of keeping them aimed in the right direction, which should be fairly easy, and hopefully they'll succeed. I have head to toe Malgus Row gear. This so, is good. And, and I love very seeing nice it gear. around yes. Geneva. Mm -hmm. Uh, and what about this, the town of Lynn Fire, but what's your role <laughs> in that? I read about that and that just had my curiosity okay. peaked. So um, I'm on the board of the Geneva Lake Association. And uh, they're the guardians of the Lakeshore Path, and they try and give as much information out as they possibly can. They also do all the numbering systems around the lake that you see the book, know where everybody lives. And they were approached by uh, the town of Lynn Fire Department with the idea of getting a fireboat. And the fireboat, think of it as a portable 
um, fire hydrant. It takes water out of the lake and feeds it into the various fire trucks that are on shore, or it can spray directly on shore in order to put out a fire. Okay. It's also a rescue boat because it has an infrared system that can look down into the water if there's an accident. And when they came to the meeting to talk to the Geneva Lake Association, uh, I was very impressed, but I also knew that this was something that I had um, great interest in. So I volunteered to chair it along with Jim G from Yorkies. And together we raised about $450,000. Wow. Got the fireboat. Um, I told them it was conditional on them training all of the various fire departments around the lake because I think that it has to be in any circumstance a coordinated effort if there is a fire. So many of the associations around here are so close together that if a house or a garage catches fire, all of the other houses around it are in danger. So I said to them, it has to be conditional on all of the departments being trained. And so a lot of the first year of the fireboat was training with other departments. Right about the time that I was finishing up with that, um, Chief Wolf from the Village of Fontana Fire Department stopped by and he said, could you help us too? And I said, okay, but let me get this one finished. So then I helped with their dive and rescue boat and started doing some of the fundraising for that. And once that got started, a lot of other things started to roll forward. But it's it's so important to protect and to help uh, the people who protect us. And that's a critical piece. So whether it's police or fire, it's near and dear to my heart. And they've been wonderful, wonderful. I'm, you know, in listening to you and just knowing, you know, before this interview, what you've done, I'm really not sure what the Lake Geneva area would do without you. <laughs> For no, real, someone else would one step person up. does so much. It's no, someone else would step up. There I don't know. Fabulous. Who could fill your shoes. No, I'm going to disagree because there are fabulous people in this area. They really are amazing. It's just a matter of finding what they're interested in and channeling that energy that they have towards different things. Um, it's and it's also why we live in this area because the people are fascinating. They really are very kind, very, very sweet. Very, kind. That's why I've always loved it here and always wanted mm-hmm. to be here. So other than what's going on at Yerkes, um, I just want to end with, are there any other issues that you feel, you know, um, could really impact the future of Lake Geneva for better, or for worse, like something needs to stay the same or we need to keep our eye on this? You know, what should we keep our eye on and be involved with to make sure Lake Geneva stays the this beautiful is area. That going to sound a little off target for me, but I think everyone has to be very concerned about the health of the lake itself and about making sure that we don't point fingers at one another, but work together to ensure that the lake stays healthy and ensure that the planning that we do for development or for expansion in any way works together with the concept of a healthy lake. 
in a healthy environment. Um, my husband has been on the Geneva Lake Conservancy for years, and he is he's planted probably 200 oak trees over the years to make sure that the oak savannas and the health of the woods around this area is maintained. And that's a critical piece. It All of the environment around here, what we love, what we enjoy, the lake, the woods, the trails, Kishwaukito, anything, depends on everybody supporting a healthy future for the lake and for the environment. Yeah, we can't take it for granted. No. I mean, and that's, I think, what drew us all here initially was mm-hmm. the lake. I mean, it's a beautiful lake with those crystal clear waters and and just the surrounding area. And, and you know, I never take it for granted. I mean, just getting in my car and driving two minutes from one place to another, I, I just am always taking in the beauty of this area. We got married in early September, and it is when the breeze changes and the air comes down from Canada and the light that hits the lake at that point turns the lake into sparkling diamonds. I know you've seen it, Mm -hmm. but you look out at a certain time and it just looks like the lake is alive. It's so beautiful. We're just beautiful, you know, no matter what the weather. True. People always say, well, you know, what what do you do up there? Oh, what's it like in the winter? I love the winter. <laughs> and the lake is beautiful mm-hmm. year round. You get to see the, the ice boats and the, the sailing boats go over the but ice. But I am and... not going on an ice No, boat. I don't think <laughs> I would either. <laughs> but right. they're fun to watch from yeah, a distance. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> well, Diana, I cannot thank you oh, enough thank you. for taking the time to be here. And we will be following um, you and what's going on with Yerkes and how we can all help. And I'll put information up on the lovinglakegeneva.com website as well um, for the other organizations that you mentioned too. So thank you so much. And as always, thanks to the listeners for letting me share my love of Lake Geneva, the natural beauty, the crystal clear waters, the sunshine and the sunsets, but most of all, the people. I'm Karen Stray Rappaport from Melgus Real Estate. Join me next time as another guest takes their place in the sun. Bye for now.